taming the tongue. Are we up for that? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. My great Redeemer's praise. What a wonderful, wonderful thing, isn't it, for the tongue. A thousand tongues. I'm sure you've all been in meetings, church services, where you've felt the wonder of the tongues expressing the glory of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. So what I'm about to read is God-breathed. Yeah? And is useful for teaching. Can you say amen? Amen. Rebuking? Amen? Amen. Not such a big amen. Yeah? (laughs) For correcting? And for training for righteousness. Yeah? When the word of God is preached or shared, it is for these reasons to teach, rebuke, correct and transform. Or train us. Which one this morning is right for you? Could be all. We're part way through, the middle of the way through, the book of James. It's, it's, uh, it jumps about a bit. It's um, written by uh, uh, Jesus' brother. And it's about bringing Christians to maturity. It's like a scattergun at times. All truths bouncing off, like the book of Proverbs. And so in this is something for us. It's a book of applied theology. How scripture works for you and me. One thing is memorising scripture and that's good in itself. But I would say it's even greater to apply scripture to our lives that it becomes life. The living word. And it can. And James has already dipped into the use of the tongue in in, in chapter 1. He somehow bounces back to it now and and gives, in quite a small book, 12 verses dedicated to this issue. So he sees it as a big thing. And it is, isn't it? Yeah? It is a big thing what comes out of this mouth of mine it's huge and uh, most of the cases it's, it's an issue of choice I know that when you say ouch that you didn't actually think too much about it that was a, a, a reaction but most things we say we choose to say and when we it's unrestrained what we say then, boy, are we in danger. But even worse than that, other people are in danger. How Scripture outworks. It says, if you control the tongue, you are perfect. I won't ask how many of us are perfect in this room. But that's James's definition. So let me, let me read this now. 
Uh, James chapter 3, the first 12 verses. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So here I am teaching. We stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. So this is how important it is. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is only a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great um, forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. This is (laughs) strong, isn't it? With a tongue we praise the Lord and our, our Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It goes on to talk about two kinds of wisdom. That will come later, but I couldn't leave it there because wisdom is the answer to this problem. And so in verse 17, but wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. starts with a warning to me about teachers will be judged more strictly. What I say with my tongue, what anyone says with their tongue, be it in a small group or a congregation like this, God hears it. And if I say this is God's word, and he's up there thinking, hang on, Ian, that's not my word. That's not true. He's going to judge me for that. And that's why it's not a, uh, it's a huge responsibility to share the word of the Lord. And I don't don't take it lightly. You know, in verse 2 it says, we all stumble in many ways. And we do. We all regret things we say. Or things we don't say. You know, James was Jesus' younger brother. He grew up with an older brother who was perfect. Can you imagine what that was like? 
Yeah? Can you imagine what his mum used to say about him when he was wrong? And he's not like Jesus. You can imagine what he would mutter under his breath. And think about the, the good one. He saw him grow up in maturity. He saw how he spoke. And he must have remembered his own snide comments. It's interestingly in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, when talking about Jesus' post-resurrection appearances before his ascension, it says, Then Jesus appeared to James, then to all the apostles, to encourage him to grow into a man, this isn't scripture, but it, it appeared that he would grow up into a man with a tame tongue. This taming doesn't happen overnight, does it, when we have to tame a tongue? A lion tamer, I'm of the age where I remember lion tamers, they're, they're taboo now, aren't they? But when you saw lion tamers, they didn't tame the lion overnight, did they? You didn't tame a, well, let's, let's get more domesticated, you don't tame a dog overnight. It takes a long, long while to train or tame. Our witness is not just about what we do, but our witness is if we've mastered the tongue, if we've allowed our tongue to be mastered. And that's why it's an uncomfortable subject. It talks about bridling, bridling the tongue. If you bridle the tongue, you bridle the whole body. If you control the tongue, you control the whole self. Carol, when she was talking earlier, and I think she touched on this, about silence is, a, is an acceptable response. You know, the, the worst thing I can say is, I want to give you a piece of my mind. Yeah? That is a, is a prelude to me opening my mouth and saying a lot of stuff that I'm going to regret. Nowhere in the Bible it says that you or me should give, be giving people a piece of our, our mind. James 1.26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is useless. If I don't keep a tight rein on my tongue. I deceive myself and my religion is useless. It's about saying the right thing at the right time in the right way. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? We need to be filled with Jesus himself to be able to fulfil this. And there's a disproportionate power of the tongue. That's what uh, verses 3 to 5 about bits in the mouths of horses or ships with small rudders. Likewise, a tongue is a small part of the, the body but makes great boasts. It's a bridle is small, a rudder is small. The rudder, the container ships these days are huge. They're, they're, they, 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 they dwarf the size of liners and yet their rudder is small. 
so what we're talking about is something that 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 is so powerful. We can bless and curse our words. We're breathing our soul into the world when we speak. What's in comes out. If I was a smoker and I inhale smoke, what comes out is smoke, isn't it? Really, our words are, tell, are saying, what is in ear more is what comes out of his mouth or doesn't come out of his mouth. The tongue can give ourself away. Gives away my cockney accent. My tongue tells you where I, I hail from. He's 17. And it also would say in, in Acts 4.13 that these men have been with Jesus because of what they were saying. You know, we all, this isn't anything that's above what you and I can do when you leave this building this morning. Yeah. When you open your mouth to the first conversation you have, it can be salt and light and life. It can be an encouragement to someone. It's not, it's not going to bring them down. Proverbs 18.21 says, the, the tongue has the power of life and death. Interestingly, the next verse says, he who has a wife finds what is good and receives favour from the Lord. Yeah. I thank God for carols. Correction of me with a good use of the tongue. But the tongue can be destructive. In verse 6, it talks about it as a fire. It can ruin a life with a single word. And it blights someone because the wound is so deep it touches the soul and can change the course of someone's life. And yet, the opposite can be true. How many people remember a teacher when you were young who said something really positive into your life? The opposite is true. I can remember teachers that said things that were, were, were hurtful. But I can remember one or two saying really good stuff and it stayed with me. Proverbs 10 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence, duplicity or hypocrisy. Tongues are meant to praise and express love. Tongues. He says your tongue can't be inconsistent. One moment you can't bless God and yet curse man. Proverbs 15 once says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of a fool gushes folly. So what do we do? We ask God for wisdom. 
we realise that the power that you have. Sometimes we ask God to speak when we can speak. You can, we can, even even apologising, even asking forgiveness, we do that with the mouth. There are things that we can say to people that we should say. And so we ask God for wisdom. We don't boast. We're quick to hear and slow to speak, which was in James 1.19. We don't speak out evil against a brother. We try not to grumble and be negative. We speak with integrity. We pray for our enemies and not cast horrible words towards them. We speak words of love and restoration. We're coming to communion now. And uh, in Isaiah, there's a a, a well-known chapter. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah meets with God and he sees him in all his glory and majesty and holiness. And he says, Well, well is me, Isaiah says, For I am ruined, I am a man of unclean lips. His issue, he knows what his issue is. Is what he's saying, he knows it's in his heart, it's the overflow of a heart, isn't it? He says, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, with a live coal in his hand, which had taken from the, with tongs from the altar. With it, the thing that had come from the altar of God, this is going to be the blood of Jesus. <coughs> he touched the lips of Isaiah. I want my lips touched today. How are my lips touched so that of my life flows life? And he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Praise the Lord. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for me? And I said, Here am I, send me. After lips being touched, after this morning, say, send me. And he said, go and tell. With these lips that were unclean, that have now been touched, with a coal from the altar of God, he says, now I'll use these lips for my glory. And you and go and tell the message I've got. As my heart is transformed, my mouth shall speak. I need God's word to dwell in me richly. 
and God will sanctify. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 33 Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Jesus speaking. For a tree is recognised by its fruit. So we can be said that we can be recognised by our, our words. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the issue is my heart. The issue is the overflow of my heart. If my heart is barren and empty and dry, if my heart is bitter and unforgiving, out of my mouth is going to flow the wrong stuff. It's not just putting a zip on my mouth, it's filling my heart. This new heart that is within you. The good man, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Careless words. I'm going to have to give an account for every careless word I've spoken. That is a huge, huge thing. That's why I need to repent of careless words that can be dealt with in this in this world now. And those careless words which he sees as sin can be washed clean. We can have a new start this morning. We don't need to go away with guilt about the things we've said or the things we've not said. We can ask for them to be forgiven. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. We don't need to go away. This isn't, this isn't a message of condemnation. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of, of being our hearts cleansed, our failures atoned for taken away as far as the east is from the west that he won't remember them therefore I shouldn't remember them it's a time of new beginnings new conversations and you overflow the joy of the Lord all because every idle careless word that I have spoken was laid upon you Him who spoke only the truth, only in love, took away my carelessness. That I might be set free, that you might be set free. Does that deserve a hallelujah? It does, doesn't it? That we may speak the words of God, that we may speak love, that we may speak healing, that we may be peacemakers. And not agitators. Bringing peace wherever we go. Because of the wonder of God in you and me. Amen. Our glory is in that.
as the world needs a church like that. As the devil fears a people like that. May it be for his glory. May God bless you. And in Psalm 19, as a, just a close of communion. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May your words and the meditation of your heart be acceptable in his sight. For his glory. Amen.